Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Emo Over Easy. We're going to do a short stack. Short stack. Been a little while since we've done one, uh-huh. and we're going to do medical edition short stack, which has been even longer since we didn't have a little fun with medicine, which we always try to do. So I'm Drew Kellner. we got Tanner and Andy here. We're at DK Downer, so it's home base, back together, which is always fun. We've done a little uh, remote recording recently and some cool stuff coming up. So guys, I want to know in uh, not rapid fire, but some type of fire fashion here, what is your favorite major procedure to do in the emergency department? So we're talking big stuff. This is intubation lines, cracking a chest, putting in a chest tube. What is it and why? Intubation. Instantly satisfying, instantly gratifying, and I get to do it more frequently than any of the other ones. Okay. All right. So we got a frequency thing. So uh, I would echo that, but to be different, I really like putting in chest tubes for the same reason. We don't do them as often, but it's there's air there, the air's gone, there's blood there. So you get to rapidly change a patient's outcome both in if, let's say, they're there for CHF and it's a big effusion, they feel better, or it's you're in a cardiac arrest or in a situation where you actually kind of get them off the cliff. Of so you guys wrote instant gratification, guys. Yeah, very, which very much so. You would think that I would be on board with this, but I'm not. It's weird. This, so I'm an airway guy. We all know that. Right, yeah. But my favorite procedure, hands down, leagues above everything else, is floating a pacer. I find it to be the most satisfying, exciting procedure to do. One, I do like central lines. You have to Mm -hmm. do central line access with it. The whole balloon up, balloon down thing, it's like the closest to to intensive surgery that we do. Intensive procedure, I think, in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. that we do, aside from cracking a chest. Because you actually have to, once you do it, there's other steps. It's not just throw it in and you're done. You're and then again, if it works, there is that immediate mm-hmm. gratification of yeah. seeing a patient go from a bradycardic rhythm in the 20s, 30s, hypoperfused, hypotensive, to having good capture. And we all know that external pacing just doesn't work. And, and it in- just looks like you're—it looks horrible. Like, if I was a patient, I would never want to be externally paced. I'm not saying, like, if it doesn't come to that, please don't do it. But the idea of just— no. well, My success in externally pacing is the, the heart. Yeah. It's pretty slim. Pretty I, I can get almost every other muscle in the body to contract on a regular 80 beats a minute, but the, the heart just doesn't seem to want to agree with that plan. Yeah. No, I, I kind of like that idea, um, just because it's the idea that it's it's a multi-step, which, again, a lot of us think, well, it's more time with the patient. But to me, I actually just like doing these because then you have to spend more time with the patient. It's one, one less thing I have to go. I'm going to have to go chart on it later, but it actually keeps me in the room and keeps me in the scenario, which I like. That's a, that's a good idea. Tanner looks very unsatisfied by this. So, you got nothing. It's okay. You got nothing. nothing. I I would say, other than a chest tube, though, another thing that this might sound weird that I really enjoy doing. um, Are you going to go minor procedures? No. That's the next question. Okay, so don't go minor on it. No, no. It's it's constant sedation to do something that that you wouldn't necessarily typically do. One thing I I like to do constant sedations for is for fecal disimpactions. I know this is not the purpose of this episode. What? But it's no. But think about it. Somebody hasn't had a bowel movement in two weeks. You get their X-ray. It is riddled with hard stool. You, you are literally the first person ever. You do a rectal to say that I got enjoy doing fecal disimpactions only if it's under constant sedation because the patient is here's, down. Here's the. You got to read between the lines on this. Andy's doing the conscious sedation for a fecal disimpaction. His resident is doing the fecal disimpaction. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> right? I mean... But for me, it's kind of life-altering, because I remember the first time I did a fecal disimpaction, I did it without conscious sedation, and this guy had cancer on large amounts of narcotics. I mean, he just screamed for 35 minutes as I'm digging, you know, 
little bits of stool out. And then the first time I did it with a conscious sedation, I'm like, I am never not doing this again. The patient's relaxed. You actually are successful. Um, and then they wake up, and they're able to go to the bathroom. And you're just like, you fixed it. So. All right. There you have it. Fecal Disimpaction 101 by Dr. Little. Yeah. So we covered major procedures. What, what about minor procedures? I like, I like complex lacs. Because I just like the idea of having something that was not what they looked like when they left, when they got there, and then piecing it together like a jigsaw puzzle to put back together. Uh, sometimes that's like art. I would say it's a tie between dental blocks and uh, skin tears. Skin tears? Yeah. Tell us about your skin tear repair technique. To me, that is just, it's like art. Because it, you, you put some like saline on there, and you just get like a Q-tip, and you just slowly like flatten it out and try to like spread it out and get it as close to possible. and. To me, it's just like one of those things where it looks like there's not enough tissue there. Majority of the time there is. It's just a matter of finding where that tissue is and unfolding it from like the 17 layers of folds that it's been pushed back into. And a lot of people will just like trim it off and they just put a thing over the top, which you can do that too. But well, it's definitely a good skin protectant to keep the skin tear on. Exactly. So how, how are you tacking it down? It depends. Depends on where it is. Joints. Ideally, I'm going to try to do some sort of stereo strip combo. But that's the tricky part. Yeah, stereotypes and sutures tend to work. A combination of glue and stereotypes sometimes yeah. is the way to go. Yeah, glue sucks though because it or stereotypes with some other sort of bandage on top to kind of just almost like a not a pressure dressing but friction dressing to keep it somewhat in place. Yeah, I, I don't know the non uh, trade name for it, but Coban y- the, yeah, the crap sure. out of it. Yeah, yeah. What do you got? Nail trepanation. Ooh, that's a fun one too. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, because there's two different ways you can do it. You can burn, but I've also done the, uh, you get the 18 gauge needle and you put it on a, a drill down. Q-tip and you literally just drill down, which is a really fun way to do it because some people get really freaked out about the, the, the cautery stick, mm-hmm. but it's a really uncomfortable thing to have happen if you've not had it happen. I have, yeah. uh, you know, have a huge hematoma developing underneath the nail and you can do that quick trepanation. It's a fun, easy procedure mm-hmm. to do. And then the relief, the satisfaction immediately on the patient's face, both just, because it didn't hurt like they thought it was going to do, and yeah. then the relief they got from having no, it is, is incredible. True. I distinctly remember my dad trephinating my nail at baseball practice. I think I got hit in the hand or something by a pitcher or whatever, and I had this giant subungal hematoma, and he took out his pocket knife <laughs> and just started essentially chipping away at my nail, yeah. uh, and then a bunch of blood came out and it felt better. Yeah. And ever since then, it doesn't bother me. I'm like, all right, I'll trephinate anybody's nail. Right, yeah. that's true. Kind of a cool, cool, cool little procedure to do. I think that's why. I mean, that's why dental blocks are amazing to me because you can literally walk in. This it's the three AM patient that nobody likes. Yeah. Uh, except for you can walk in, inject so, them. Yeah. They feel better. They go home. They sleep, and then they may or may not actually go to a dentist later. Sure. Probably not. Probably not. But. I have started doing some trigger point injections recently, and I find those to be pretty satisfying. Mm-hmm. It's just my success rate on them is probably fifty percent. I mean, you have to find the perfect mm-hmm. trigger yeah. point to inject for it to, to work. But when that works, that is a really fun, easy, same type of thing. Yeah. 30 seconds, boom, done. So we got our favorite procedures. What is your least favorite procedure to do in the emergency department? I think at this point, central lines. Just because of the really? time. Oh, I still love central yeah, lines. I, I do. That would not be mine. I love them. It's just, it's, it's just cumbersome. You've got to set it up. Like I'm not talking like a crash central line. Mm-hmm. I'm talking this person needs access. No one can get access. They're awake. You're doing full sterile procedure. It just takes forever. So it's not the procedure you dislike. It's the scenario in doing the procedure that is bothering you. No, I mean, it's still not the funnest procedure for me. Okay. Yeah. 
That's said, legit. I said funnest. You did. Specifically to bother you even more about this whole scenario because I know you like central lines and grammar. Uh, for me, it's INDs. It, it, I, when I was a med student, they used to be like, oh, it's so great. But now they're just kind of like, oh, look, it's just a big pile of pus. Like, I don't know. So in, but, come on, there's something grossly satisfying. Everybody loves pimple popping. About getting, I mean, especially when you get that one that doesn't look that big. And then I guess next that, thing you know, there's a volcanic eruption. That's true. Out of that? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I actually had one probably two or three months ago. Was legitimately the first time I've gagged <laughs> in a long time. In medicine. Oh, ever? And it was it, it was bad. Like I I was on the verge of puking. I have no idea why. It was it was just real. It was one of those ones that you weren't expecting a lot, and then it just kept coming. It was a groin abscess too, so it was in a weird spot. Oh and, yeah. Well, anytime starting. anytime you got to put somebody <laughs> put somebody up on stirrups to uh, drain an abscess, then it's just and you for, know it's gonna and, be bad. And for me, like Tanner, my issue with INDs probably is less the procedure, but more just the hey, I've got to come do a basically small surgery on you, and people freak out. They want you to give them. You better put, knock me out for this. And I'm like, oh, we're not going to do that. Like, That's gonna... Andy's version of the I don't want to do a lumbar puncture on you, but I have to explain it to you thing. All I have to do a small surgery on you. No, you just poke it a hole in their but, skin. But, let's, but, let's, but that's, that's the, I don't, I don't bullet that way. But they're like, "Oh, you're gonna do surgery on me," and I'm like, "Can oh. we backtrack here? Yeah. He's willing to do conscious sedation for a fecal disinfection, <laughs> but he's not willing to consider it for an IND." That's probably yeah. Good. How come you don't do that for your INDs? I don't know. That's a good point. <laughs> I have been, I have been caught. Both are uncomfortable. It's true. They are. I Both have, are life-altering experiences. I have heard a lot of people scream for INDs. Oh man, that's good. That's good. That was really good. Wow. These are good questions. So my least favorite procedure is my own lumbar puncture. Your own. Wait, you're, so, you're so, doing yourself? So, no, no, no. If I'm, if I'm the first person to do the lumbar puncture. Okay. So I actually have no problem when the resident can't get a lumbar puncture and my success rate is quite high. Yeah. Not, not 100%, but, but quite, quite high. high. Yeah. Mainly because the person doing it before me would make all the mistakes that I would make if I was doing it on my own, including the wrong location and, you know, not numbing properly. You walk in with four holes and be like, well, those don't work. (laughs) Clearly, I just need to go up a little higher, go down a little lower, and then you find the spot perfectly. When I'm doing it on my own, I'm the one that, you know, the landmarks just don't work out quite right or whatever the case may be. But it's it's a... Well, I've become much less finessed in the way I do lumbar punctures and my success rate has increased. It is a... You have to be patient. It is kind of a finesse procedure. And then the worst part about it is every other procedure we do, once you get what you're going for, the procedure wraps up really quickly. The lumbar puncture, you You have to sit there. And then you just sit. And you have to hold these four tubes and just slowly watch fluid drip out. And it's like Chinese water torture because sometimes it'll come out really good and then it's just like drips. (laughs) And and of course, the patient that you're most worried about. Mm is the one that's dripping the slowest. Yeah. So that's the one that you actually want to make sure you have plenty of fluid to for the lab to run their analysis yeah. on. It's yeah, the one that comes out slow. So it's the procedure itself I don't like, and then the ramifications of having to just wait once you, essentially your procedure yeah. is done drives me crazy. It's funny you bring that one up. I still remember my first, uh, I got signed off on LPs pretty early in residency, and then the first one I get to do without a supervision, Drew's on rotation, and Casey's like, oh, he, I'm getting ready to set up, and he's like, Hey, some people are gonna come watch you, and I'm like, that's fine. And like, 13 medical students come in the room, and I'm just like, <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> done. I went into the buzz like, I can't, I'm John, I'm done. I'm sorry, I can't do, I can't do this with an audience. So, and then John just did because I had messed, missed it. He just put it in and well, it's, it in champ. Yeah. But when, now having done that multiple times, it's because yeah. once once somebody's missed and then you go in and try it for some reason. Well, there's a lot of reasons why it's just an easier procedure to yeah, do. It is. I hate LPs. Yeah. Despise them. Despise. 
spots. But of course, the one patient that you actually want an LP on is the one that you can't convince to do it. To do it. Yeah. Where the person that you know doesn't actually need an LP, but they say all the right things, is like, yeah, sure, stick a needle in my back. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. No. I love torture. Feels good. <laughs> Feels good. Pain. Mmm. Very, very true. Well, I think we've kicked this procedure thing uh, down the road. Yeah. Beat it. Beat it pretty dead. Um, but if you listeners have any procedures that you particularly love or particularly hate, want to share with us, please do so either on our website or blog site, as I like to call it, via social media or any other source that you like to get a hold of us with. Messenger pigeons being my favorite. And really appreciate you I listening. I prefer owls. Owls. Harry Potter. <laughs> for Tanner and Andy I'm Drew thanks for listening we'll talk to you next time are we gonna go or? yeah well yeah I just need a minute I'm not gonna post right here he's still reminiscing about atrial I tried yeah. I tried to clear so the mechanism and it didn't clear so I have to try again I decided to participate and so we're gonna do what I wanna do how I wanna do it and you guys are gonna like it sounds good sounds about normal